Game seven, eight seconds left, home team down by one. Oh, the home team strips the ball and the point guard is all alone. But it appears that there's a wet spot on the free throw line. The fans go silent. Their championship aspirations flash before their eyes. Wait, someone's running out on the court. Oh my, it's the towel boy. How did he clean it so fast? The point guard takes off and dunks the ball. Game over, the crowd erupts. Towel boy, towel boy. Hello, everyone, and thank you for that exceptionally exquisite standing ovation. Two words this time. Welcome to another episode of The Towel Boys. Two words. I know it's a lot. I went for it. (laughs) Not sure how I feel about it. Welcome to another episode where Landon and I debate because debating is fun. And that is our new style. We are having 20-minute debates to get a little more heated, to get a little more interesting, to not just go over the regular NBA daily news, but to actually talk about our opinions and our viewpoints and contrast them with each other. Just a reminder, we talk about the topic that we want to discuss beforehand, make sure that we have our own true opposing viewpoints on them, so that we're not just making up takes like they do on some unnamed shows. Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah, and um, we will not have Michael Rappaport on to cry today, so you don't have to worry about that either. Sad, sad. So, this podcast we have, assuming the Lakers are not fully healthy, which they aren't now, if that's an issue in the playoffs, clearly they are no longer the favorite. If either LeBron or Anthony Davis misses considerable moments in the playoffs, they're not going to win nearly as many games. I don't even know if they get out of the second round. So with that being said, who is the new West favorite, assuming the Lakers have injury issues? Landon, why don't you start? So, unfortunately, it's not the Clippers for me. As big of a Kawhi fan as I am, and it's not because of Kawhi, it's because of Paul George. And I had a lot of faith in the Clippers last year. I predicted that they would win the championship. I felt very good about that prediction uh, preceding the Kawhi championship on the Raptors the year before. And pretty much every player was a major letdown on that team. And yes, they have some different players now and they have their true point guard in Rajon Rondo, some minor upgrades and whatnot. But that I don't want to talk about the Clippers. Once again, they let me down. <laughs> this year... I'm all about the Nuggets, the team that took down the Clippers in seven games last season. How about you? I am also not picking the Clippers, which last year at least was definitely everybody's number two, or if not their number two, their number one. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. Solid pick. So why don't you run through some of your biggest reasons for the Nuggets? I'll run through some of mine for the Suns, and we could highlight what a Nuggets-Suns series could potentially look like that would be some great basketball two of the greatest minds in uh, the entire nba going at it and chris paul and Jokic. but look wow, i let's... thought you meant i thought you meant us but well that too <laughs> that too very comparable um just the nuggets man so they just love going to seven games in the playoffs they went to seven games against the spurs and then god the blazers two years ago, and then seven games against the Jazz, and then seven games against the Clippers. And then they lost in five to the Lakers last year. 
But through all of that, I just have so much faith in their resilience and ability to adapt to whatever series they're playing. Look, that Anthony Davis shot, that buzzer beater in the playoffs last year, that could go the other way, and suddenly the Nuggets are up 2-1 with momentum against the eventual champs. Of course, it's a what-if, but the Nuggets have a lot of firepower, and you just added a wing defender in Aaron Gordon that was desperately needed. And I know you think of Aaron Gordon, you think of like the dunks and the 49s, whatever you, you may talk about, D-Wade and the whole diss song. All that stuff. But look, when it comes down to it, Aaron Gordon is a big body that provides vertical spacing, as in he can get up there on alley-oops, and you know that that Jokic-Aaron Gordon connection is going to be very solid. And beyond that, Jokic is an MVP candidate. And if you get bubble Jamal Murray, this might be the best team in the league now that they have their wing defender. Best team in the league? Really? You know what? (sighs) The Nets, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't that's, really think about something. the Nets. That's fair. <laughs> let's, but, let's stick with the West. <laughs> but look, let's let's stick with the West with Davis and LeBron down right now. What I meant to say there is just that the Nuggets can be on the level of every other elite team in the league. Right. I like the Nuggets a lot, too. I liked them last year. I love Nikola Jokic. I was always on the Jokic over and beat side, even going back a couple of years. You were. You were. Glad most people shifted over there that, that weren't. Jamal Murray, we saw what he did in the bubble. While he may never do that again, he could certainly get pretty close. Michael Porter Jr. looks like the flashes we saw last year. Really, most of the time now, he's a great scorer. Like you said, Aaron Gordon is a really underrated guy who was hidden on the Magic, and he probably didn't care very much that he was playing on the Magic for the last couple of years, but now he's motivated because he's on a team that can certainly win some playoff games. So it is a pretty good team. Love their coach. Love the system. I'm going with the Suns because I really like the depth. I like Monty Williams a lot, and of course, Chris Paul coming over with his IQ, his ability to slow the game down, hit clutch shots. I really, really like what he adds to this team. So now you have a backcourt of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, one of the best, if not the best backcourt in all of basketball with Clay Thompson. Probably. Now, I'll say. Probably the best. Like, Clay Thompson's I, I mean, healthy. No, Warriors sorry. are one. Kyrie, Kyrie Harden is the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We keep we forgetting about a, the We Nets. both have a Nets blunder. <laughs> exactly. The Nets are like not even in the NBA. They're in like their God League of their own. Monsters, exactly. For real. But CP3 and Booker, so they're second behind them. And then you have incredible wing defenders in Bridges and Crowder who can really lock up the vast majority of forwards. Of and course, guards. You have your, yeah. Of course, going back to the Nets, you have your Kevin Durant. That nobody can guard, but you can slow him down. And then they yep. have DeAndre Ayton, who's a young big, who I'm I'm personally not a big fan of Ayton in terms of his hustle and defense. Uh, he's a he's a pretty athletic big. Can't really stretch the floor, but he's got he's got a pretty solid post game and can really score. Can always have his twenty and ten games. And then on the bench, you have defenders and Tory Craig. You have a good playmaker er, and Javon Carter. You have a good. Uh, shot creator point guard and Cameron Payne of course you have Cam Johnson and Saric who can stretch the floor and you have Frank the Tank the best nickname in in all of basketball (laughs) but see 
yeah, that's where you're losing me, unfortunately. It's just the depth with them just isn't there. And I think that, like you said, like the Cam Johnson and Sarich bench pieces, I find really fascinating. And I think they can do some serious damage in the playoffs. What I'm missing with them is that one bench guard that can come in and just score like eight points in a row and just completely change the momentum of a series. Um, I wanted them to get Terrence Ross very badly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I like the thing in the playoffs is if you're playing these guys 40 minutes a game, Booker and Paul, at least one of them is going to be in the game at, at all times. So yes, you're going to definitely. have that point of attack guard and then i like cameron Payne. he's not gonna put up 12 straight points he could put up six or seven it's a pretty good shooter i am not a pain fan personally i like pain i hate pain i don't really like the frank the tank was more to get the nickname out there he's probably not going to play very much if at all in the playoffs but i I, like going back to the rest of the roster i really like this team and if you compare him to a team like the nuggets you have bridges and crowder on michael porter jr and on aaron gordon and i like those matchups a lot and then the backcourt, I think, favors the Suns. And, of course, Jokic would dominate Aiton. But that's the big mismatch that if the Suns can figure out how to overcome that, trap, do other things, they they could definitely beat the Nuggets in a series. And that that's where Jokic really has an advantage over any team in the West. Well, look, we saw that whole Jamal Murray-Jokic two-man game that they went to constantly to get back in the Clippers series where it's just basically picking pops over and over again, where you get a slow-footed big trying to chase after Jamal Murray while like the other guy kind of doubles down and then Jokic is wide open for the pop. And what's so interesting about that is that DeAndre Ayton is like the last guy you want in those pick-and-pop situations as a defender. Right. <laughs> Definitely not a great option. I, I have more optimism, though, knowing that you have – Bridges and Crowder as help defense who can trap because they are so smart and lengthy, really. Bridges especially with the reach. They can really help frustrate that two-man game. And you have Chris Paul, who's a veteran, solid defender. So while look, the Suns are not going to let Jokic just isolate DeAndre. Of course. Because Jokic will score 11 out of 10 times. Not to mention he'll draw, you know, four fouls in 10 minutes well will he you might just complain a bunch and then like slap a player and run into a ref oh god <laughs> that was pretty embarrassing <laughs> but but in all seriousness yeah that, that that is the biggest issue but if they can get around that that's how you beat a team like the nuggets it is for sure i i think i mean we saw those five passes back and forth between aaron gordon and Jokic the other night where it ends up in a Jokic hook deep in the paint. Like, that kind of play is what we're going to start seeing the more and more familiar Aaron Gordon gets in this system. And one special thing about Gordon is that he's a playmaker. Like, he doesn't just score the ball. He really knows how to play within an offense. He shoot. He showed it at in Orlando. He had a lot of guys around him, like Vucevic and Terrence Ross and Fournier, who are all pretty good scorers. And he distributed the ball. He, it wasn't just a one-man show. And now that he's you know, a third or fourth option, he, I really think he's going to thrive. And I think the Nuggets as a whole just got a lot better. Compared to the Suns, man, Booker is just amazing. And mm-hmm. I would never discount Chris Paul 
in the playoffs, not to say that he's ever, you know, made it to the finals or anything. He's just a serious competitor. So I do think that these two teams are pretty interchangeable. And I mean, let's just talk a little more about the series between them. Like, what do you think would be the biggest swing point? So, so yeah, I'm I'm glad you, I was going to bring this up next. I'm glad you transitioned well there. I, the, the backcourt advantage for me is a big thing. I don't, trust will barton or jamal murray to be able to really stop or frustrate chris paul and devin booker and that's i I know barton's a pretty good defender it's still it's not enough and when i look at last year when you had murray and mitchell donovan mitchell had that crazy series what you saw was both young players feeling it going back and forth and really just chucking up shots and hitting hitting everything and that was incredibly impressive, but there was one thing that the Jazz didn't have that the Suns do that would be able to stop that, and that is Chris Paul slowing the game down, changing the pace, the style of the game, and not allowing Jamal Murray to get that hot, figuring out how to frustrate him, how to defensively to make him work, to make him more tired on the offensive end, so they're not just running back and forth within 12, 14 seconds of the shot clock, putting up shots, because that's how Jamal Murray got hot, and he stayed hot. So I think the the veteran leadership of Chris Paul, knowing that, would really help out the Suns in this series. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons that some people have Chris Paul as a top 10 MVP candidate this year. You see the impact that he's made on the Suns since getting there. Just look at you know the Suns last year. Yes, they had a great bubble run, but they were destined to not make the playoffs again, honestly. Um, adding Chris Paul has completely changed their fortune, and he could very well do that in a playoff series. For me, the big swing point is, we already talked about it, I'm not going to touch on it too much, but it's just that Jokic mismatch, and the fact that, like you said, you have to adjust to him by doubling him, especially with a defender as you know ill-suited to guard him as DeAndre Ayton. And... Upon those double teams, there are shooters all around him. Gordon running for lobs. Jamal Murray just, you know, cooking Devin Booker. You can't discount that factor either. It's not like Devin Booker's sure. the, the great perimeter defender that you might want him no. to be. Um, so, yeah, it's just Nikola Jokic being an MVP candidate and being the best player in the series. Right. I will say that one little added factor does favor the Suns, in my opinion. That is Devin Booker not having made the playoffs yet and wanting to make an impact. We saw in the bubble, he really stepped up. I would predict, like I and I'm going to predict because the Suns are going to make the playoffs, that Devin Booker will be the breakout player of the playoffs. I, I bet he leads the league in scoring in the playoffs. I would not be surprised if he's averaging 33 to 35 points. He is very capable of it. See that. He's, he's an efficient player. And Chris Paul is going to tell him, Get your shot. I'm going to slow the game down, do what I do as a veteran. You are the scorer. And I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Booker's putting up between 20 and 25 shots, averaging more than any other player. And that that's what I'm predicting right now. Yeah, but, you know, even if he puts up 70, he's just going to lose. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, let's talk about one more thing before we go today. We do not have the number one seed as either of our favorites, and I think that it's it's necessary to discuss why. You want to start with that? I This is going to sound like a shot at the Jazz, but outside of Donovan Mitchell, 
Rudy Gobert, I guess. I just don't trust the other guys to to really step up at the right time. And they didn't have Bogdanovich last year, which is a big piece. But even still, like I, I don't necessarily trust Mike Conley to be big in the biggest moments. I, like Jordan Clarkson's a, a volume scorer, but who knows if he's going to be efficient down the stretch. It, it just seems like they haven't changed that much from last year. And while they're incredibly motivated in the regular season, I, I think that it's kind of motivated to a fault because these other teams aren't like matching that intensity on a day in day out basis. But in the playoffs, you're going to see a, a different story unfold. Yeah. And I think my biggest issue here is Rudy Gobert and he's such a hot topic around the league because if you say he's not that good, then people will be like, oh, like, you don't watch basketball. You don't know what good defense is, blah, blah, blah. But I I just don't think he's that good. <laughs> and I'm very prepared for the backlash of that. But I'm not putting him in my top 10 MVP voting. Like, the guy is just a defensive brute who has no offensive skill. And he's just, you know, getting run off the floor sometimes by three-point shooters, by stretch bigs. And I'm not saying that every defender should be able to switch. I'm not saying that Rudy doesn't have value. What I'm saying is that we saw against the Rockets in the postseason a couple of years back that if you stretch him out, he's pretty much useless and actually a net negative because he's going to give up threes. He's going to try to do offensive like hook shots and you know little jumpers and whatever, and he's going to miss a lot of them. So... I don't trust Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. He didn't, you know, make a huge impact on Nikola Jokic last year. Uh, it's hard to make an impact on on Jokic, but still, I, I just don't like his his playoff performances and future right. performances. And, and you, that I'm you cannot rely you cannot rely on Donovan Mitchell to do what he did in the bubble. No. Nor can you rely on Jamal Murray, but Murray isn't the best player on his team, and Donovan Mitchell is without a doubt the best offensive player. It's not even close. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that is an issue for, sure. for them, in my mind. But yeah, any any last thoughts on this? No, I, I just hope LeBron and Anthony Davis get healthy so that we can actually see the best teams compete against each other at their best. Yeah, we all want Lakers-Nets, but right, I have a weird feeling it's not going to happen. And I think a lot of it has to do with injuries, really on both sides. Look, yeah. Harden's out ten days now. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I think it might just be rest. But here's here's what I'll say. There were four years, four years where it's like, hmm, Cavs Warriors. Like, will it happen? I don't know. It probably should, but no way it happens again. And then it happens again. So the best teams usually come out on top when they're healthy. Right, right. I, I mean, I'm assuming that they'll at least be on the court. And if you get those guys on the court, it's tough to take them off. Yeah, we will see. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Let us know, of course, always. Either go to www.towelboys.com, go to our Instagram, Twitter, add us. Let us know who won this debate, who's right, and which team besides the Lakers is the next best team in the Western Conference, assuming the Lakers are out of commission with injuries. Always remember to embrace your inner towel, boy.